This is Linda Francine Tapa, and you're listening to Cut to the Chase. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Gregory Proctor. Welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase, episode 23, The Boutique. As most people know, the boutique is a small shop or specialty department within a large store, especially the ones that sell fashionable clothes and accessories or specialty sections of other merchandise. In this particular case, our special guest has entitled her firm, Tapa Consulting, the boutique law firm. So today, our special guest, Linda Tapa, is the president at the law firm of Tapa Consultancy Group, LLC. Linda is a native of Yoda. Uh, I I knew I was going to mess that up. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) It's Yaounde. You were kind of close. Yaounde, Yaounde, uh, Cameroon, who moved with her family to Austin, Texas when she was a child. She is a goal-oriented, dedicated, passionate person about making an impact on the world today. She's a licensed attorney working to become an international public defender of human rights. In 2018, Linda began developing a farm-to-school program in rural Texas while connecting her academic focus in corporate law with her passion for community and public interest works. Her goal was with this program was to bring forth small farmers to be successful as a collective and target elementary schools and the eating habits of young students. Linda has since gone on, besides becoming a president, she's worked as a program specialist, a graduate clerk, a legal uh, intern, and a convention coordinator. Linda has plenty of experience in pro bono work in the courtroom practice and has spent time with Bronx public defenders and federal public defenders in programs Providence and participating in mood court and trial advocacy competitions. Linda basically holds a bachelor's degree of public relations slash image management from the University of Texas at San Antonio, a doctorate of corporate and security law from Rogers William University uh, School of Law. She has passed the Texas uh, C-Bar exam. Linda has also been a volunteer for many years where she helps organize putting together team fundraisers for the American Cancer Society. She's assisted with elderly in multiple ways from reading to uh, to, to helping out with bingo. Uh, She's developed communication skills while learning to adopt in unfamiliar surroundings. I think somewhere I even read you love to bake. And the one thing that I have to chime in on is that Really? Are you a Colts fan? Come on. <laughs> I've been a Colts fan for what? We're looking at almost 14 years in running. Wow. 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 That's uh, that's quite, quite, uh, quite a run. So I'm assuming that uh, Peyton Manning has always been one of your favorite quarterbacks, should I say? It's funny. I actually chose the Colts not because of Peyton Manning, but because they have my favorite blue color. Uh, And so I had randomly, my friend had a bunch of NFL teams on a binder. He said, who's your favorite team? I said, I don't have one. He said, well, take a look here and pick one. And so I said, oh, I'm going to pick them because I really like that blue. And I've stuck with them since. Wow. Wow. You know, you... (laughs) You're living in Austin, Texas, and you know with the uh, with the Texas Longhorns, and then of course you got Dallas Cowboys up the street, and of course they have they have blue in their uniform color too. It's it's rather shocking that uh, you know you're uh, you're all the way up in Indianapolis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. I hear it a lot, but something told me not the Cowboys. Well, we can under we can understand that. We can understand that. I was a Patriots fan for many, many years, primarily because of Tom Brady and all the great work that he that he's done up there. And of course now he's in Tampa. So uh I guess I'll have to figure that one out for the next football season. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So so Linda, I mean we've we've had some laughs. I mean that that's obviously great, but uh 
But certainly, are there any opening remarks you like to <laughs> share with our listening audience? <laughs> yes. First and foremost, I'd like to let everyone know it's okay to be a Colts fan. We have a great team, and this season's probably going to be pretty great if we ever make it to it, given the circumstances. But all jokes aside, I would really like to thank you, Gregory, for giving me the opportunity to join you on this podcast. Uh, I never thought I'd be recording one. I always listened to them, but didn't think I'd be featured on one. So this is pretty exciting uh, to be here today and to get to share my story and hopefully inspire others to follow, not necessarily in my footsteps, but to achieve the dreams that they think are a little impossible. So thank you for having me. I'm really excited to get started and I look forward to our time together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're we're delighted to have you, and uh, you know I, I kind of want to jump into a little bit about uh, our backstory. Uh, you know, when you reached out to me, it was rather coincidental because you know I get so many requests on LinkedIn for people to connect with me, and some of them are trying to sell, some of them are trying to just hey, you know, if there's anything I can help you out with, and so so it was really genuine for me when you reached out to me and you said. Oh no! I read your profile and uh, thought you might be of interest, you know, to kind of help me, help you, you know, so forth and so on. And I was just like, "Well, this is refreshing." So hey, let's set up, let's set up a video conference or video chat and and actually put a name with the face. And uh, I think we spent about you know forty five minutes on that mm-hmm. first call, and there's a lot of synergy there, you yeah. know, between between us when we first talked, and and that was just like you know kind of the icing on the cake for me because. I'm all about meeting people and uh, it's just been, it's been very refreshing for me because I've always been business oriented and business minded to really start a podcast. As everybody knows, I started, started this podcast up three months ago and we've had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing has been is just meeting people and allowing for them to share their story and kind of just, just get mesmerized into the dialogue because those things are just that's what the world needs right now. You know, yeah. I, your, your goals align so, so tried and true with things that, you know, as I take kind of, I won't say I take for granted, but I take very seriously is, is unity, you know, for, mm-hmm. for the things that you did with the program that you established, you know, with regards to the farm to school program, just an understanding, you know, children need the right nutrition, not only to thrive, but also to be active, to be a participant while they're in school and not necessarily have, you know, a high and low with, with the sugar, uh, you know, things that they put out there for our kids. And so those type of things are, are just very, very commendable. And I think that's why we, we kind of hit it off because like I said, there's just so much synergy uh, between the two of us that uh, it was it was very therapeutic for me to to find someone else that that had you know the same common interests and same common goals and so let's dive into you Linda let's cut to the chase let's let's right. uh, let's let's talk about uh, let's let's talk about you a little bit so tell our listeners you know you started out early on in your career and you had an offer to go work for uh, Texas uh, Rio Grande Legal Aid, mm-hmm. but you decided to kind of uh, venture off and do your own thing. What were what were some of the motivators behind that? Well, my time at Trala was probably one of the biggest motivators uh, to kind of give me the idea of where I got started. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I worked with small business owners and those who wanted to start nonprofits that benefited low-income communities. And what I noticed was a lot of the times people were coming to us with legal issues that could have been avoided early on had they had the proper guidance or a little bit more information about the risk that they're really taking on. And so some of, a lot of the motivation came from really, I was tired of doing work that wasn't fulfilling to me. I felt like in a lot of my positions, while I was getting to meet great people and really getting a lot of exposure and experience working you know, under some great leadership, I wasn't really doing any work that I found to be particularly interesting to, to myself. Like I didn't feel like I was advancing myself as much as I could have intellectually and practice through communications and relationships developed with communities and colleagues and so on. And so one of my biggest motivators was I need to do something that I know is going to make me happy and that I will enjoy for more than just a few months at a time. 
Uh, so that was number one. My second motivator was I had all these ideas and I knew that it could be done. It's just very difficult to introduce new ideas into existing systems and breaking the mold while a lot of people talk about it. It's not as encouraged as you would like for it to be based on some of the conversations that you hear going around in, in corporate environments. So I knew that there's no point. Someone found something that worked for them mm -hmm. and I respect that and I honor that. But since it's not working for me, I need to go ahead and do the same. And so that was another big reason of mine that I you know, wanted to venture on my own. And the last is because it's I've talked about it for so long. It's something that I've been speaking into the universe to bring into fruition that the time really felt right to finally go ahead and, and do it. I had just gone back home uh, to visit for a month, enjoyed my time. It was nice to see my family. And I came back and I was doing the job hunt, going through the routine of applying, you know, switching up your resume to fit applications, including as many buzzwords. And it got to a point where I was frustrated. I was getting calls, I was interviewing, I wasn't getting the offers that I wanted, the offers that I did receive weren't giving me everything that was on my checklist. And I hit a breaking point and said, you know what? Now is the time. I have nothing holding me back. I have no responsibilities and I owe nothing to nobody but myself. So I'm going to do it. And that's how I really ventured into my own firm. Wow. Wow. That's, uh, you know, there's so many, so many people out there can relate to your backstory because it's very important, you know, as, as, as me, you know, being a, a friend of yours and a professional colleague, you know, those are some of the same things that I can resonate with, you know, work was unfulfilling, you know, and I know people have heard me, you know, a lot of our listeners has heard me talk about, you know, when I stepped away, I stepped away from a good paying job because it was based on the fact that I had been in multiple good paying jobs the first job I left because I wasn't fulfilled and decided I wanted to do something different, took on a, another job kind of in the same, you know, semiconductor sector of business mm -hmm. and worked there for like three years and got to a point to where I wasn't fulfilled. And then ultimately, you know, a friend of mine started up a consultancy firm. I caught the bug from him and uh, the rest has been history. But, you know, it's amazing those motivating uh, attributes or those or, or those uh, attributing factors start with whether or not a you're happy, whether or not you're fulfilled, whether or not you like you stated your idea gets you know uh, accepted into the corporate structure you're in, or whether or not it's something that gets rejected and it causes you to feel like it's time for you to move on. And then I think most importantly, the one point that you emphasize. Uh, as I was taking uh, kind of a few notes is take action. Mm -hmm. I mean, because the more you think about it and the more you do or don't do, it's not going to happen by itself, you know? Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so ultimately you gotta, you gotta kind of do something about it, which is uh, very similar to why, Hey, I created a podcast, you know, cause mm -hmm. uh, I was, I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, you know, add, add a few more uh, logs to the fire and keep it burning and uh, and continue to move forward. Right. So so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Tapa uh, Consultancy Group LLC. So, you know, you guys are really geared towards, as I saw from some of your slogans or, or mottos, you basically say our success begins with your success or or you as as being an individual or as a company and it looks like the four kind of major areas that you guys focus in on is is assisting with starting a business assisting with growing a business assisting with managing the business and then strategic planning mm -hmm. can you kind of you know help our audience um understand a little bit more from from the approach that you took to kind of come up with that suite of services that you guys offer yeah 
Uh, that's a really good question and one that I get a lot because it's I really operate in a very unique and niche area. Uh, my background has really provided the foundation for me to do that. So I was competing in business plan writing competitions since high school and have grown up watching my dad run his own business. My older brother went into business and in college went through the PR um, with a business administration minor. So business has always been a recurring theme throughout my development. And when I went to legal aid, uh, my first job right out of law school, I knew I wanted to do some corporate work that benefited the community. And one thing, like I mentioned earlier, was that I saw a lot of entrepreneurs falling into the same traps or encountering the same recurring obstacles without any plan of action or without knowing that these obstacles were coming to begin with. So they were repeating are making a lot of common mistakes that could have easily been avoided had they done the proper planning, had they had the proper research, had they been just exposed to a lot of things that many business owners don't think about other than they want to start a business that's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And so when I began my firm, I initially began as a consultant firm, consulting firm prior to adding the legal mix into it because I was like, you know, I got the degree, put it to work, right? Right. And <laughs> so what I my my overall goal with this firm is to provide a very holistic approach to entrepreneurship. And by that I mean we look at the business aspect of running a business and we look at the legal aspect of running the business and we combine the two in a very digestible business model for that allows the entrepreneur to focus really on running a business and not whether they're doing everything correct to stay in business. And so the services that I provide that you stated are geared towards exactly that. When I meet with someone and they tell me I'm looking to start a business, my first question is never what industry or what the plan is it's do you have a business plan how well thought out is your plan what is your long-term goal right because when you start a business you're really working towards something so i really pick the mind of just what's your business iq here how how much work do we have to do to to develop the business idea so that the legal compliancy only comes in to support the business foundation you set and so that's what we do in starting the business is really explore your business idea and we make sure that you invest no more money than necessary to start that idea because we will explore the profitability the viability the longevity kind of what it will take for you to be able to survive in this in this business um one of our you know key pillars is that no idea is a bad idea right you just need the right guidance and support and we provide that from the onset with our starting the business package when we get to managing a business i encounter a lot of entrepreneurs who are already in business but because they've skipped around or had a, a very everyone has a very unique approach to running a business there is no one cookie cutter way that works uh, but with that we tend to skip many steps that kind of always come back to bite us in the butt eventually. And so when I meet entrepreneurs who are already in business, we look at, at number one, are you legally compliant? Because that's a big step that a lot of entrepreneurs skip, not because they willingly do so, but they just don't know what they need to know. And so we, you know, provide legal audits to make sure that you are up to date with your filings, your reporting requirements, your tax requirements, and that you're just doing be- your best business practices. Then from managing, we take a look at what you're currently doing versus what is successful and excelling in your particular industry. And we look at some opportunities for you to shift that won't really change the fundamentals of your business, but rather allow you to expand and grow. Maybe your target market has shifted since you've been in business for the past few months or years. Maybe we can add that additional target market and reach out to them doing X, Y, and Z. Or perhaps you have expansion opportunities that you're not taking advantage of because maybe you don't have the right support or you don't have a team that is really meeting your needs. So we really dig into the nitty gritty and look at what it is that you're doing as a business owner, where what you can improve on, and most importantly, how to do it. Because that's really the most difficult part. We can all pick out flaws all we want, but if we're not fixing it, then there's really no no point in doing so. So we really focus and come in on the how aspect. 
uh, when it comes to the growing. It's a little similar to the managing, but this one we look at a lot more big picture. Uh, We look at what opportunities are available for you to take advantage of and how you can take advantage of those opportunities, the kind of timeline you need to give to yourself. So, for example, I've had people come and say, hey, I want to become a franchise. If your goal is to become a franchise, a lot of that work starts early on. Even if you didn't start it early on, how can we catch up that time and still allow you to become a franchise without losing any profitability, you know, marketability, opportunity, et cetera. And so we really look at big picture, what's available, what we think is best for you to capitalize on based on your manpower, your financial resources, your, you know, intellectual resources, meaning what is it that you feel you have the capability of doing and we allow grow we make sure that that is the idea that happened uh, the strategic planning session is one that really came to me it wasn't an original service but i found a need for it because a lot of people just need someone to kind of talk to uh, the strategic planning session the purpose of that is for us to sit down and really help you articulate and narrow the focus so that by the time we're done speaking you know exactly what it is that you plan to do the steps that you can take to do it and where to go after this conversation and what happened was a lot of people they you know i want to go into business i want to sell maybe you want to sell protective personal protective equipment okay great there's a lot of personal protective equipment what type are you going to sell who are you selling it to how are you setting up your contacts are you going to have a warehouse are you going to have a storage facility are you negotiating with vendors are you buying from other vendors how do you plan to make that happen mm-hmm. and so the strategic planning sessions like i said are very focused conversations that really help you develop and expand a narrow and more realistic and realizable business idea that we can then build on to help you realize your million dollar idea today. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly uh, certainly quite quite impressive that like you said, you guys have found a a a niche uh, market with regards to the type of services that you guys operate in and you know, obviously there are things that as I heard you talking and we've kind of talked about things in the past, but there's just some, there's just so much synergy there between, you know, kind of what I do as being the managing director of Sketcher and what you guys do <laughs> as being a boutique type of type of law firm. And, uh, you know, we've always, you and I, we've always talked about collaborating, but certainly mm-hmm. there's just, there's just so many, so many different aspects of collaboration where I see, uh, you know, you guys being the yin and we being the yang and, right. you know, you guys being the good cop, we being the bad cop. And, you know, there's just a, there's just so many different, you know, aspects there. And after this podcast, after I'm done blabbling, right, you know, <laughs> we'll have to explore those options, you know, I mean, because I think it's important. I think it's important. So, so let's kind of dive into a couple of things that you kind of express, right? You know, originally earlier on in your career, you saw that there was a need, there was an appetite for for really helping people, you know, uh, understand how they could avoid these issues because they were missing, as you stated, they were missing all the legal aspects of what they should be thinking about. And, you know, heavens forbid, anybody that's an entrepreneur, some of them, you know, that are out there right now. And, and, and you know, I know for a fact, I mean, because I think I even said something like this on a previous podcast, you know. You start up a business like uh, Amway, some type of network marketing. Well, yeah, they say they've got everything in a box for you. But really, you know, what they don't tell you is you really need to go establish an LLC. You need to legalize yourself. You need to do this. You need to do that. And so, you know, you kind of you kind of fast forward past all of those things because, you know, they don't really teach that. What they teach you is sell, 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 get more people into the Mm -hmm. pyramid, get more people into doing this, get more people into doing that because they want to see money coming through. So the guy at the top is making all the money. And so, and so like, like I had talked about, I think in this one particular podcast, I had said, you know, I had a lot of uh, failures before I got to my first successful company launch, because, you know, I went through the Amway, I went through, you know, whatever other fad or fashion type of, uh, uh, business was going on back then. And, 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 you know, the points that we're talking about right now, I missed the boat on all that. So I had to go through the hard school of Knox when I, 
became a project control specialist and then ventured into talking with Fortune 500 companies and having to set up, you know, an LLC and having to have business license and bonding insurance and workman's comp insurance and accountants and, you know, all these different aspects of things. Well, at that point in time, I didn't have any shoulders I could lean on, you know, right. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any, anybody else that kind of looked like me that could, could, could relate. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. there were other small businesses, but these small businesses were, they were not in the same genre of, of work ethic or, or should I say space and environment that I was working in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it just became all unique. It became kind of, you know, uh, failure wasn't an option. It became trial and error. It became, you know, how do you get enough thirst for knowledge to make sure you keep yourself out of trouble. And I guess the reason why I'm saying this is because the very first time after I had all those things in place, and this is where I can relate back to how important your business is. The very first year after I had all those things in place, and I don't even remember, I mean, yeah, we made, we made well over seven figures uh, that first year in, in business after we got things really up and running. Mm -hmm. But I remember going into my CPA's office and he goes, here's your tax bill. And I, he, he slides it, he, he slides it across the desk to me and he, he walks, he walks out of his office because he goes, I know you're not going to like this. And I'm looking at him going, <laughs> well, if you know, I'm not going to like it, then why are you giving it Why'd to me? Why are, you, me? <laughs> why, why are you walking out of the office? And so to kind of fast track the story a little bit, the tax bill was just under six figures, right? Wow. And I said to myself, something's not right here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I quickly, you know, because I didn't have all of the knowledge back then, I quickly went through, I'm like, we kept our books, we kept everything as fairly as clean as we could and tried to do the due diligence. Like you said, just being a good business, having good business practices. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thumbing through and I'm looking at why is all this say Virginia, 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 when you know, 60% of our work was done in South Carolina. 30% of our work was done in New York. Another 10% was done in Washington State. And less than 3% of our work for that year was done in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying to myself, well, this is not right. So he comes back in and he goes, Greg, you know, I know you're disappointed. And I'm like, well, disappointed is an understatement. <laughs> you know, I said, I'm really you know, kind of, I think I used the F-bomb. I said, I'm really pissed off, you know? Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, why is that? I said, sit down in your chair. And he basically said, okay, let's go through your tax return. I said, all right, we're going to go through it. We're going to go through it. I'm going to, I'm going to help educate you for what little, what little information I knew. Right. Mm -hmm. So I told him, I said, you filed everything as if we did all the work in Virginia. He goes, well, yeah. And I said, well, wrong. I said, when you go back and look at the percentages of work and where those contracts were originated, which a lot of companies forget about, if you're working in that state, you become a foreign entity per se as rendering service inside that state. And so therefore you are liable for state taxes on all of the earnings that you make in that state. And he looked at me, he goes, well, you never paid me for that. And I'm looking at him going, well, what the F did I pay you for, for the full year, if it wasn't for you to keep up with this stuff. And so as you were talking about the educational experience at that point, I left out of his office and I say, you know what? You're fired. Mm -hmm. I fired him. I took my tax return and I said, okay, I've got to find another CPA to review this, Mm -hmm. file an amendment and help me get out of this situation that I was in. So when I finally found another CPA and we finally got to a point to where we could get this all done, mm-hmm. what it, what ended up happening is for everything that they had said that I owed in one particular state, it kind of canceled out with other states because your taxable state tax or no tax in some cases kind of canceled each other out. So my right. tax bill went way down. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, less than six figures. And so it was like, here it is, you know, I'm saying to myself, just like you stated earlier on, I'm thinking like, my God, man, if I would have known right, just a little bit more information, which I knew a little bit at that time, but mm-hmm. just a little bit more, mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way this, this would have ever happened because I wouldn't have been so disappointed, right. you know, 
and and knowing at the end who wants a surprise at the end no one <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants a surprise at the end <laughs> you know not not for that type of money and considering right. considering that it's your first or second year in business and you're going well, wait a minute you know mm-hmm. what am i going to put in my back pocket how am i going to exactly. feed my family you know how am i going to do this so i think the services that you're talking about are extremely important and are not just important in our own community they're important across all communities because if you're doing business you need to know yes you know you absolutely need to know wow wow this this is this is great man this is great stuff we're talking about right here so so linda help uh, help our audience understand a little bit about the fact that you know as as we've talked about how your firm and these ideas that you had which kind of facilitated the work that you're doing right now uh, with helping businesses. Were there certain communities that you found? I mean, what what were some of the some of the issues or challenges that that you were beginning to see that were kind of unraveling things enough for you to say, "Hey, I can offer and render this this type of service." I mean, what were you seeing out there in the community? Because I think the uniqueness in you sharing this is is all about. People may have an idea. They may see things that are right in front of them, but really not know how to execute. And so, therefore, you found this nugget, okay, this 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 pot of gold, if you want to call it, and you were able to execute on it. Because, like you said, as far as I'm aware, there's not a boutique um, law firm out there that, I mean, all law firms have the capability of being able to do this, but you've got a nice, solid package of the services that you offer, which is really turnkey. So what were some of the things there that 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 you saw kind of in those early stages, you know, as it looked at communities or as it looked at failures and various things that that you said, hey, light bulb, light bulb, light bulb. Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Uh, number one is the lack of information, but even worse, misinformation. OK, I think the advent of Google is a wonderful thing. Google has made a lot of information, knowledge, very accessible at the tip of our fingers. But with that good comes a lot of misinformation that's circulated as accurate that some people may read and and believe that it applies to them when only it applies to limited situations or it's not applicable in your actual state or a plethora of other issues. So I have a lot of people tell me, well, I saw on Google and I said, okay, I do not uh, disrespect your Googling. I understand. I Google a lot too, but I'm putting my license reputation on the line based on my legal knowledge. If you choose to go with Google, that's fine. But I'm letting you know that I couldn't tell you this if it wasn't accurate, unless I'm willing to risk everything, including my career. And so I have encountered a lot of information just on what you can or cannot do as a business. For example, this is a really short story, but I had someone come to me and say, well, somebody told me that I couldn't operate as a sole proprietorship until I had my website and social media out for people to see. And for those who don't know, sole proprietorship is somebody who just decides to go into business without any formal, you know, filing or recording with the secretary of state or a county clerk. And I said, well, why would they think that? They said, well, that's what they read. And that's what they said. They saw a lot of people doing. So that's what they recommended that I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't be upset with the person who recommended because they're simply recommending what they believe to know is true to help somebody out. But it's entirely false, right? A sole proprietorship begins as the minute you start engaging in business, whether that's selling something, whether that's offering a service, your social media and everything come afterwards. But the fact that just the sole fact of going into business and doing conducting business is enough for you to be a sole proprietorship. And so that's really one of the biggest things that I've encountered is a lot of misinformation. The second thing is contracts, 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 contracts rule the world. You enter into a contract every single day with every single interaction you have, whether you notice it or not, whether it's a social contract or written contract, oral contract, there's always a contract that governs the conduct of both parties. And I've seen a lot of people who were, I don't want to say duped, but they were led to sign contracts 
or a piece of paper that were not very favorable to their position, but they didn't know any better. They just were told one thing, even though the writing said another, they didn't take the time to read it. Or if they read it, they didn't entirely understand it. Or if they did read and understand, they didn't know what they could do to change their situation. So they just went ahead and signed it. And so I had a lot of people come in with contracts that were enforceable against them that were really very one-sided and not very beneficial, but that they were forced to uphold and oblige to because they had signed it. So we, you know, that's a, a second thing that really made me want to go into and let people know what your rights are, whether you're the one writing or signing a contract and kind of how to better negotiate, etc. And the last thing is just business IQ. Yep. Uh, it Running a business is not difficult if you know how to run a business and learning how to run a business, like there's no one way to do it it's one of those you either got it from birth (laughs) so you know what's going on early on or you've been in an environment that's allowed you to learn and mentor and you know created that exposure to where you know how to properly run a business Mm -hmm. the downside with having one both or neither of those is that you don't always look at every aspect of running a business that you should your your story with the accountant is a prime example of that you know there are things that you think are under control but really aren't and you really need to do a little bit more education or find a get a little bit more information about what those are in the instances that i've encountered it's not necessarily as egregious as what the accountant did to you but in instances of that i've seen it's a lot of you don't have any goals right we don't have any long-term Uh, plans we don't have a vision we don't have a mission Mm -hmm. making money is not a goal you have to have the money work to get you to some place the goal may be with this business i want to buy a house with this business i want to become an international you know designer with this business xyz there has to be something that you're working towards and a lot of people do not take the time early on to just really think about what their business is what is your business identity what is your business going to accomplish and more importantly what do you want to accomplish with the business and so those are really kind of the three major uh, recurring themes that i've seen a lot in in my experience that has made me really want to close the gap provide a little bit more information or knowledge to prevent all the obstacles i'm not saying i'm I'm perfect i do not see it all and i don't hold myself out to but what i do know is that when you have somebody who knows what needs to be done looking at your idea independently as a third-party observer i'm not as invested in, in in your business to be clouded by the rosy glasses, if you will, right? Sometimes as business owners, we want to believe that our idea is it, it's innovative, it's successful. I always tell everybody, unique ideas are great because they're unique, but unique ideas are also not very great because they are unique. And with that, you really need someone who is unbiased, uninterested, and new to the idea that you're creating to kind of give you some perspective that you probably haven't thought through just because you, you, you're you not in the space to think about it. And that's not you know a fault to business owners. It's just the reality of being a business owner. That's why a lot of people, once they get bigger they develop these teams to help them kind of pick up where they aren't necessarily pulling as much slack as they need to be and that's really how i got to where i am yeah yeah and and you and you know again you you've hit on so many important topics that that are very relevant you know like 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 you like you indicated and of course what i shared earlier about my story with the cpa you know the contracts um you know comment that you made i remember earlier on and 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 dealing with a lot of these fortune 500 companies these engineering procurement and consultancy firms well you have to think that they've got multi multi hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars so they can go and hire the best lawyers mm-hmm. and attorneys and and uh, paralegals and so forth and so on to be able to ensure that they construct a contract that obviously is never going to be in a small guy's favor, regardless right. if you're a mi- minority or woman-owned 
business, you know, they really don't care. They just care about you getting the work done. And so ultimately, you know, as you were talking about that, I, I was starting to recall back in 2004 and 2005, you know, just before my business really blew up, my first company blew up. And, you know, it was, it was a constant back and forth of, you know, 30 day net pay or pay when pay terms would always come up in our service rendering and how much I had to fight, not because I was a young, you know, minority company, but how much I had to fight in general just to kind of prove that, look, you can't string me along, you know, as a small business because I don't have the, the, the lines of credit, the extended lines of credit or, or the profitability, you know, I need to be in a cash flow positive type of situation as much as I possibly can be. And so some of these things that you were talking about earlier on that I'm sharing right now, you know, these are real world stories. I mean, these are things that you have to really consider because on a 30 day net term from the time you submit an invoice, you're probably 45 days. And on a pay when paid, that means when the customer gets paid, you get paid. You get paid. And, and it's like, you know, when you start throwing out, you know, all these different types of terms. And so, as, as you said, Linda, you know, I became a sponge because after the CPA's incident, I said to myself, and I vowed to myself, I will never walk into a situation again being ill-prepared or not prepared because of the situation of how important, like you talked about, the negotiations, how important to understand what's in clause X versus what's in clause Y, understanding how you're going to get paid and what those deliverables are that, that signify you getting paid, who has to sign off, how does the process work? I mean, all that stuff was learned the hard way for me and my first company. And, you know, we were very successful. We had like a 12 some odd plus year run made very, very good money. But, you know, it was it was hard. Yeah, it was hard. I mean, you know, these services were not available. And for me, you know, I wore multiple hats back then, even though I did have a small staff of people that were helping us out, you know, and once we got our CPA thing resolved, but it was still hard because you're a small business. You're always worrying about what's going to happen next. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just, it's a constant grind. And, uh, you know, even though it's very exciting and very, um, uh, uh, exhilarating, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's work. Yeah. It's work. A lot, you know? a lot it's, of hard it's a work. lot of work. Yeah. And so, you know, I, 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 you know, my hats go off to you because of the simple fact of what you were doing only if that would have been available. <laughs> <laughs> And we're talking like, you know, I don't, I don't want to reveal my age, but I think a lot of people know I'm old, but you know, back in, back in 2002 and 2001, you Mm -hmm. know, when I was, when I was first getting my companies up off the ground, uh, you know, those things would have been like instrumental in, uh, like you said, seeing the longevity. And I think the other things that you brought up, the importance of, of goals, you know, for me, I wanted to get, and I, and, and it's, and, and, and I'm going to kind of not, I'm not going to minimize people's goals, but for me, I'm going to just say my goal was originally, it wasn't even really about having a house or a nice car or this materialistic stuff, which those things eventually came, but it was simply about the fulfillment of not having to work for someone else. Exactly. Do you, do you have a boss as a customer and as a client? Well, absolutely. Yeah, you can call them that. But here's the differentiator for me. When a client calls my company and they say, great, we need your support. We need your company support. We need you guys to come in and help us with this or that. Well, the difference is, is if I was an employee, I'm being told right. to go and do that work. However, owning my own business, I'm being asked. And when I'm being asked, that means that I'm coming in and I'm adding value day one. You know, it's not the dictatorship. It is I'm adding value day one. And I think a lot of people fail to realize the significance of that 
when you start to look at being an employee versus being an entrepreneur, and mm-hmm. particularly in any field or, 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 or industry that you're working in, is if you are good in what you do and the value that you bring to the table, being asked and having your rapport be out there in the good possible light mm-hmm. uh, is going to create more prosperity, more growth, more wealth, and so forth and so on, more business uh, yeah. for you as long as you're able to continue to exemplify that. And so like I was like I was uh, stating earlier, you know, we went on from 2004 to 2012, everything we touched was gold. Mm-hmm. And people go, well, what, what, what do you mean everything you touch was gold? Well, in, in simple terms, we were doing business development. We were doing project controls. We were doing uh, forensic analysis. We were doing recovery type work. And this all related to uh, project management, you know, and project controls. Mm-hmm. And so on the BD side, everything that we worked on on the BD side for all these Fortune 500 companies, I can only recall one project that we did not win because of our principles, philosophies, and systematic approach towards making sure that we were able to justify all of our costs and schedules were completely tied off, mm-hmm. literally down to the penny. And so oh, wow. when we when we lost that one job because they didn't listen to me, you know, we ended up basically saying, okay, if you guys are ready to listen, we're going to bring on the right team and everything from that point forward, from about 2006 to 2012, we didn't lose a single project. That means our company that was that was writing the proposal, developing the cost estimates, developing the schedules for our customers knew back then that we've got the best team on the market yeah. to help us win. And so we had such a, like I said, we had such a, uh, a phenomenal niche market mm-hmm. uh, for, for what we offered, very much like what, what you're offering now, where customers would just call and say, hey, can you guys get on a plane? Can you be there on Monday? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And uh, that's what you want. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. So, uh, so this is this has been great. So, you know, yeah. I, 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 I want to throw a, a curveball at you because... <laughs> You know, we, we, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's important for, for me and it's important for our audience. And I, I think it's important for everybody. You know, we've got so many things that are disrupting our, our current way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much uncertainty out there. Um, you know, life right now as a whole, if you are already being challenged, you're, you're being extremely challenged uh today in today's society mm-hmm. and so and so the things that you know i kind of want to throw a curveball at you on is you know not only you know did your family migrate here and like and like you said you know your your family was always business-minded and business-oriented uh but you know as we all know we can't we can't live out there with with rose rose colored glasses and so yeah. you know we we've got we've got a society that is 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 socialistically just going crazy right mm-hmm. now and so as you guys are thinking your consultancy firm are are thinking about these type of things that are going on and how to best kind of help educate your customers and your clients how are you guys advising them in their thought process as they are starting to consider going into business? And I guess that's kind of a trick question that I've, you know, I told you I was going to throw you a curveball because of the simple fact of, you know, there are some collaboration efforts that you and I, you know, obviously can 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 talk about, but but these are things right now that let's just say hypothetically if you were thinking about starting a business five years ago, you would be thinking about that business as if once you got into the right channels, your business would probably be, you know, successful and it would flourish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nowadays, who cares if you're in the right channel? Who cares if you're in the right tranche or not? Because you don't know if it's going to work or if it's not going to work because there's so many unknowns. Mm-hmm. So how how is your firm dealing with that? That's a really good question um, and a very valid question at that. There are so many unknowns. And what I always tell my clients, number one, is your 
product or your services are a reflection of you. When we, when I meet with clients and I say, okay, what is your business idea? I'm very realistic with them because my job is not to, my job is to build their piggy banks, not break it. And if I do not feel as though there's you paying me for my services still wouldn't advance you, I would let you know that up front. And I know it's a disclaimer. A lot of people don't believe me when I say it. And I know that's a bad practice for business, but I'm very honest about that. I, I'm not in the business of taking money to take it. And so when I speak with small business owners, entrepreneurs in particular, I am entirely upfront with them. You know, if you're looking to start, say a restaurant, okay, I mean, given today's market, it could possibly flourish, but it's probably more likely than not that you might not succeed past six months, maybe mm -hmm. even a year at this point, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. what are you doing that is different from what already exists? And that's a really, that's one question that I pose to everybody and it's, and I really insist on because that's what sets you apart from your competition. And all that's what business is, setting yourself apart to show that you do what nobody else is doing better than whoever's already doing it. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so my, I really challenge my customers to say, to develop that because if you can't articulate it to me, it's not going to come through in your business plan. It's not going to come through in your business presentation. It's not going to come through in your business identity. It's not going to come through in your products or services. And that's where you lose a lot of people. But with the, on the other hand, although there is a grim forecast, a lot of it nowadays isn't necessarily what you know, or sometimes even who you know, it's how you're able to break into this viral market. We are seeing a trend where the gig economy is exploding. And gig economy, you know, it is anybody who's doing a lot of side hustles, which include, but are not limited to delivery drivers, driving for Uber, um, these new custom t-shirts that we see, custom keychains, accessories, so on and so forth. That's what's really driving our economy at the moment. If you think about it, we don't, we're not going anywhere, but we are relying on our delivery drivers more than ever, whether we're expecting packages, whether we're expecting food because we can't go out to eat and whether we're, you know, we're ordering and we want things coming in. We're looking, always looking to have the hottest, newest fad. And with that, all it takes is one viral break for you to make it. Yep. Now, with that viral break, once you get it, you obviously have to know how to write it because you're not viral for long, right? It, I say it used to be 15 seconds of fame. Now we're really looking at five. So how do you capitalize off of those five? And again, that goes back to who you are. Can you really do it? And I had, you know, it, it's really all about developing that competitive edge that differentiates you from your competitors. And I've had clients where I would tell them, I say, look, I think that you, it's great that you want to entrepreneur and I think that it, it, that you want to become an entrepreneur and that great that you want to start a business, but I, I don't think right now is the time. And I don't say that to discourage you, but I really encourage you to take this time to reflect on what it is that you're trying to do. Because even if it's the first, your idea is the first time you're hearing of it, I promise there's at least 10 other people who are currently doing what you think you're doing that's innovative. So if that's the case, if that's what I recognize, I tell them, look, this is a saturated market, right? If, mm -hmm. if PPE, it's saturated. How are you going to make yourself a profit and last in a, in a market like this? If your answer is, well, I have the proper connections, then I know that you're not ready because you haven't done your research. You haven't developed your business idea. But if you can challenge me as much as I challenge your idea, whether the market looks grim or not, I know that there's a strong likelihood for success because you are as invested as can be in a very researched idea that is very near and dear to your heart. And once you have that personal passionate investment, all it takes are a few, you know, right strokes of that paintbrush to get a masterpiece. And that's what I'm here to provide. So to answer your question, I mean, it's a, a lot of it has been we call them come to Jesus moments, right? Yep. It's, it's not, yep. it's not you. It's the idea. If you yep. can't think of a way to make this work, don't do it. Right. right. And, and that's how we are. Cause we build biggie banks. We don't break them and yep. we will not take money for something that we know will have our name on it. That would not be successful that we knew wouldn't work out on the onset. Yeah. Yeah. 
well, you know, those, those are, those are very much encouraging words, you know, because you're creating very much a camaraderie because like, like your motto says, you know, you guys, this, your, your organization's success begins with your customer's success. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a two way street and, uh, you know, like I said, again, you know, I, I can't, I can't say it enough how much I admire the type of things that you're actually doing uh, to help to help small businesses out there and to help entrepreneurs, to help startups. I mean, these types of services are truly, truly needed in a technologically advancing world, uh, COVID world, social uprising world that is constantly changing literally by the hour. But I mean, <laughs> we, we used to we used to say, yeah, you know, things evolve over, you know, over time. Next year will be different. We can't mm-hmm. say that anymore. No, <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> we just can't say that anymore. I mean, it's it's happening now. I mean, yeah. you know, it's happening right now. Well, look, Linda, this has been I don't know, man. I, I tell you, I mean, I, I'm pumped up on this <laughs> podcast, man. I am. Woo, this has been great. You know, you. this has absolutely yeah. been great. So, so with, with some takeaways that we kind of want to leave our listening audience with, and, uh, you know, I, I just think it was so important to understand, you know, the things that you talked about earlier on, which is, you know, we as entrepreneurs, as, as a community, as individuals, you know, we have to have work that basically fulfills us there's mm-hmm. there's a self-purpose there's a religious purpose there is a fulfillment purpose in life and goals and in some people's context materialistic stuff uh you've got to have that purpose you know what what fulfills you and then you have to figure out hey how do i advance myself you know to mm-hmm. be able to accomplish that and then i think i think you hit on a point which which really you know, I, I think everybody should really take a deep, hard look in the mirror, particularly now because of what's going on, because you can come out on the backside of this COVID and a social uprising and realize that where you were is not where you're heading by mm-hmm. taking a very simplistic look in the mirror and asking yourself, are you happy? Because if you're if, if the answer is no, then, you know, hey, recalibrate and and let's do something different, you know, and, and I think, you know, you, you chimed on this too as well. Having an idea, you know, if, 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 if you're, if you're in, you know, some type of uh, situation right now where you've got an idea where that idea is not being absorbed or, or it's not being properly uh, taken into the context of the environment that you're in, let that be your first warning. Let that be yeah. your first indication uh, that, that, you know, it's time for you to break the mold and, and begin to move forward. Um, and then I think, you know, you, you talked on a point of which kind of ties back into the motivation of happiness. If it's not working for you, <clears throat> if it's not working for you, then, you know, certainly you're not going to find short-term happiness as you're looking to try to aspire for something that is going to provide you with long-term success. Those two things don't really kind of, kind of go together. <laughs> not at all. You know? Uh, and then, of course, the last two, you know, you talked about you talked about taking action. I mean, we always have to take action if we want to take the mm-hmm. first step. Just imagine yourself standing on the edge of the cliff. And of course, if you jump off, you pray you got a parachute or, or yeah. a parasail. Right. But but you've got to do you've got to do one or the two. You're going to have to pull a ripcord or the parasail is going to have to hold you in flight. But you mm-hmm. got to take action. You got to take action. Absolutely. And I, I tell you, the last one, right? The last one, and, I, and I'm going to say I was at fault early on in business, okay? And, and I, I'm not now, but early on in business. I've been in business now for well over 20-some-odd-plus years, almost pushing 30 years, uh, not to disclose my age. But, hey, you know, I'm I'm going to be hitting a big 5-0, you know, in September. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, the, the point here is, is you stated business IQ. I mean, my God, that's like hitting a grand slam home run. Business IQ is so, so important. It doesn't matter. Sole proprietorship, LLC, S Corp, whatever the case may be, business IQ. Folks, trust me, 
this podcast right here with Linda is the podcast you need to listen to. <laughs> I tell <laughs> you, you need to listen to this. If you're an entrepreneur, you got to listen to this because it is extremely, extremely important. And statistically, Linda, as I'm wrapping up my take before I turn it over to you, my take is, is as things are starting to evolve, you know, post-COVID, mm-hmm. people are going to see that there's no jobs available for them. Yeah. The, gov- the government's not going to have this this PPP program, this COVID recovery program. This stuff is going to run out of money exactly. pretty soon. So, you know, whether you're bartering, whether you're pro bono, whether you're negotiating long-term, short-term, whatever the case may be, we all have to have the way to make the almighty dollar, you know? Yes. Whether it's good, bad, or, or ugly, but you got to have it. I mean, you know, and uh, certainly... I think from from what I've seen and just the trends that we're modeling with my own company as what we call the increasing uh, aspect of the 1099, mm-hmm. you know, the in, independent type of consultant. Yeah. We believe that, you know, there's going to be a surge for people trying to do things on their own because they're starting to see now that, hey, maybe I really didn't like that job now that I'm at home and I'm getting six six hundred and eighty some odd dollars you know from the government maybe uh i don't really want to go back and do what i was doing maybe i can find something you know that's going to give me that work-life balance because a lot of us we miss that work-life balance i know for the first 10 or 12 years i own my company heavens forbid two hundred thousand miles of air flying all different types of countries you know this project, that project. I mean, I had like three suitcases that had the same set of clothes bought three times over. I mean, that's, that's, crazy. that's craziness, you know, absolute craziness. And so those are my remarks. And those are the things that I'm taking away that I'd like to share with the listeners. Linda, do you have anything that you'd like to provide as encouragement to our listeners? Most definitely. I think Uh, this is a little more personal but you know for everyone listening I'm a first generation immigrant I was born in Cameroon in Yaoundé and I moved to the U.S. when I was four years old my first language was French and I had to learn English already in the the, you know American educational system it wasn't easy you know I, I grew up at a time where I was the only French speaker in my school I was foreign. What I did wasn't, you know, recognized by anybody. It definitely wasn't supported. It wasn't as cool to be African then as it is now. But all of the adversities that I've overcome, whether it's been an elementary, middle, high school, college, to law school to now, have all served its purpose in forming me to be the person that I am today. And it's never too early or too late to invest in yourself and the dream that you have for yourself. Right. If it wasn't for me willing, finally ignoring all the, uh, not ignoring the red flags, right? Finally giving into what I knew was my actual purpose, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have met Gregory. I wouldn't be able to share my story. I wouldn't be able to help others and, you know, go down the same journey that I have. So, my big takeaway is you always have to really believe in yourself. You are your number one cheerleader, you are your best friend, you are your toughest competition, and you need to make sure that you nurture and care about yourself more than you do anything else from there everything will fall into place the second is to never be afraid to ask for help i know that a lot of times it seems like you should know this or you should be able to look it up you should that's while that's all true and it's fine it's also okay to ask those who have already been doing what you're trying to do or who look like what you want to look like for advice One thing I've learned is successful people always love to talk about themselves. So asking somebody out for coffee, saying, hey, I'd really like to learn a little bit more about how you got to where you are, what you did, what worked, what didn't. I mean, that's what I did with Gregory and here I am now. It works, right? Take the time to speak to people who look like you, who are doing what you want to do. It will save you a lot of hard lessons and provide you a lot of insight and and inspiration to continue down the path that you're going. And the last one is to make your money moves in silence. Uh, I say that because your successes should be shared and celebrated how you choose to celebrate them. I love celebrating with my family and my friends and I encourage everyone to do the same because it's always nice to get that positive reinforcement. 
However, not every move that you make, not every step you take needs to be documented on social media, needs to be told to all your friends, needs to be told to all your family. The only person who you owe an explanation and justification to is yourself. And at the end of the day, if you know you did what you needed to do and you still aren't where you need to be, that's okay because you're working on it at your own pace. Mm-hmm. When you share with other people, you invite other people into that very personal space of yours, it provides a lot of distractions, a lot of frustrations, extra stress that you really don't need at a time when you have plenty to go around. So be courteous to yourself be protective of yourself your idea your space and make your moves in silence people will always see your success you can't hide it for long but they don't need to know every failure every obstacle every thing that you've encountered that's kind of hindered your goal while before you made it there so those are really my big takeaways there's you know it's never too late to start always believe in yourself Make sure that you invest in yourself. Self-care is big and make your moves in silence. Awesome. 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 Well, Linda, thank you very much. And, you know, it wouldn't do me the proper justice if we didn't uh, provide your website for for people to be able to get in contact with you that may be of interest for your service. And your your website is, if you want to state that for us, please. Yeah, my website is www.tapaconsulting.com and you can find us on all social medias with that same name uh, we are on Facebook LinkedIn and Twitter now so please connect with us reach out and engage uh, if I may Gregory we have I'm not sure when this is coming up but we do offer excuse me when this podcast is going to be um, broadcast but we do offer small business clinics for entrepreneurs for free so please check us out check our social media pages for when you can attend and when those will be held so that you can continue to realize your million dollar idea excellent 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 well to our listening audience um hopefully everyone had a safe and blessed uh fourth of july our prayers do go out for those that were impacted by some of the violence that occurred um our hearts and 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 warm uh, welcomes go out to to those that are in need of help. Um, and hopefully with, uh, with everything that's going on out there, that we find a way to come together in unity and in harmony for a much better prosperity and a much better future for our next generation. And with all of that, folks, this is episode 23. I am Greg Proctor, your host. This is Cut to the Chase. Have a wonderful day. Linda, thank you very much. Have a wonderful day and goodbye yeah. to everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.